I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. So what we're going to do tonight is I'm going to go ahead and, and, and talk about um, the benefits and the purposes of speaking with other tongues. Now, as far as I know, <clears throat> I'm going to be teaching and we're just going to let the Holy Spirit take us off and take us in and take us higher wherever he wants to go. But I'm going to methodically teach you line upon line upon line. I'm not going to let, I'm going to give you everything that I know about the benefits and the purposes and the power of speaking with other tongues. And you know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so what I think has happened in the generation that in the moment and the time that we live in right now is many people, even spirit-filled people, have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and have released their prayer language, but they don't understand why they need to continue to pray in the Holy Ghost and what the Holy Spirit produces. So when we talk about the power and the purpose of praying in tongues, I want to give you by way of introduction that this kind of praying can be used in the prayer of intercession, and we're going to get into it. So when you don't know how to pray for your loved one, you don't know how to pray for your child, you don't know how to pray for that lost person, you can use your prayer language in the prayer of intercession. It has multiple uses. Number two, we can use praying in the Holy Spirit when we worship God in the Spirit. We can use it when we are having our worship services How many of you remember back in the day, and I kept saying this two weeks ago, back in the day when we would be in services like this and everybody would would go into this rhythm of the Holy Spirit and we would all begin to sing in other tongues as the Spirit gave us utterance. And that is a type of worship and praise. And it's a beautiful song of the Lord that comes up out of our spirits. John 7, 38 goes right into the throne of God and God hears it like a sweet incense. He loves it when we worship him in spirit and in truth. And I used to love how everyone would just harmonize and just flow. You didn't have to be like a singer, songwriter, or be educated in how to, you know, make music. You just yielded to the Holy Spirit. And there was this beautiful harmony and symphony. And it was like somebody, and it was somebody, the Holy Spirit, was just leading us and guiding us and orchestrating our song of the Lord unto him. So when we talk about tongues, we can use that prayer language in the prayer of worship. We can use the prayer language in the prayer of dedication and consecration, which is the prayer of surrender. When I am at a crossroads in my life and I don't know what to do, I say, Lord, what Jesus said in the garden, not my will, your will be done. And after I've prayed that English prayer out of my mouth, then I just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. And we're going to talk about why that is beneficial. And then we can pray in the Holy Spirit. We can use it to pray for ourselves or to pray out our own destiny. 
destiny, purpose is already on the inside of you. And when you pray in the spirit, you're praying out of that place of purpose and destiny. And you are praying exactly what needs to be prayed for your life. So there's many reasons why we could pray in the Holy Ghost. Now, we know that it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we know that Jesus spoke often about the Holy Spirit and his coming. In the New Testament alone, the Holy Spirit is spoken of 264 times, and 60 or more times are in the Gospels. And the very last words that he gave us were found in Acts chapter 1, and he told the disciples... He said, I want you to wait here. Don't go anywhere because I am sending the promise of my father to you. So wait here. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he said, you're going to be endued with power from on high. I mean, those were the last words Jesus spoke before he went up and was taken up into the heavens. And we know that, the, that in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, we know that when the Holy Spirit was poured out in the upper room, we know that the very first manifestation of his coming and his essence was that they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. There has to be a reason why God spoke about the Holy Spirit and then gave us this amazing prayer language. And that's what I want you to catch tonight. I want you to catch the reasons why we need to release our prayer language. I was speaking in a church, Jamie Morgan. Does anybody here know Jamie? Outstanding leader in the body of Christ. And while I was speaking there, the Lord gave us a word of prophecy. And one of the things the Holy Spirit said was that there's going to be a surge of tongues that's going to be released within the body. See, we need to be, we need to release our prayer language because we're not wrestling in this season and the time that we are in today. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're, we're in a war, not only against the, the hearts and destinies of our children, but we are in a war for our nation. We are in a war for our families. And we need these weapons of our warfare to be revealed and to be manifested. But see, you are the house of prayer. And so you are the one that has to release your prayer language. And so the Lord said that there's going to come a surge of tongues. And I think that that's what the enemy fears. You see, we get human-sized results when the Holy Spirit has left the building. But we can get the God kind of results when we begin to use what he has given us. That's why the scripture says, stir up the gift of God that is in you. We need to stir up our prayer language. And some will say, well, I spoke in tongues once, but it's just not there anymore. Oh, no. Everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds. If you've already released your prayer language, that prayer language is still there. You just need to open up your mouth and just begin to yield over to the Holy Spirit, just like you did two weeks ago or that day or that time that you first got filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to stir it up. Are you listening? That was for somebody here today. But there's going to be a release of the sur of surge of, an, of tongues in the body of Christ. And then some may say, well, you know, it's just not my gift. Well, that's, that's a huge another teaching, but I'm going to highlight it right here. People mix up 
that it's not my gift speaking with tongues with the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit spoken of in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Do all speak with tongues? Do all prophesy? Do all interpret? He was talking and referring to the nine gifts of the Spirit and not the scripture and not the reality that these signs will follow them that believe they will speak with new tongues. One is for private use. The other is for public assembly. So tongues and the release of your prayer language is for you. It's for everyone. It's just not everybody in the church is going to give an utterance in tongues and, and give the interpretation of tongues. You see the difference. Okay, so I just wanted to highlight that and make sure you understood that. Okay, now, number one, speaking in tongues is a supernatural means of communication. <laughs> it is not a language from this world. How many of you know the Bible says we are not of this world? So speaking with other tongues is the supernatural means of communication. It is speaking to God the language of heaven. We're going to get into this. That's why you don't understand what you are saying. But God understands what you are saying. It comes from your heart but from his heart to your heart, and you're releasing that language of heaven, and it is a supernatural means of communication. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. <laughs> I just love this. I thank my God, the apostle Paul said, I speak with tongues more than you all. And he didn't have the teaching like you and I have, but he had a revelation of what tongues will produce in his life and what it would do with respect to revealing the scriptures and teaching the body of Christ. He says here, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. How be it in the spirit he speaks mysteries. Another translation says divine secrets. You got it? Amplified version says, for he who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men but to God, for no one understands or catches his meaning because in the Holy Spirit he utters secret truths and hidden things not obvious to the understanding. So praying in the Holy Ghost or speaking in tongues, which is the same thing, is a supernatural means of communication. Are you listening? But your mind doesn't understand it. Okay, number two, your spirit is praying or communicating with God. How many of you know that when you got born again, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. You became a new creation in Christ Jesus. Your spirit is communing or praying to God. It's your heart. It's coming out of your heart. That's why Jesus said out of your innermost being would flow these rivers of living water. 
I just love the fact that we are supernatural people and agents of God in the earth, and we have a supernatural language, okay? So it is spirit to spirit. God is a spirit. And you know, 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. So when you're praying in tongues, it's your spirit that is praying and you are communicating with God. But again, I'm hearing this, but I don't understand what I'm saying. But God understands you. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 and 15 says, are you good with all the scriptures? See, I think we need to lay a solid foundation in the church today. So people understand. And remember what we said two weeks ago, many of you are going to be teaching this and ministering this to the people that you come in contact in your everyday walk with God and as a believer in ministry. Okay? It says here in 1 Corinthians 14, 14 and 15, if I pray, who does the praying? I pray. I am a spirit. I have a soul and I live in a body. Who is the real you? Your spirit. If I pray, the part of you that goes to heaven is your spirit. So if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit and I will also pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit. I will sing with the understanding also. Notice it's an act of your will to go ahead and release your prayer language. So you could stir up your prayer language anytime, anyplace. You know, the only time it's really hard for me to pray in tongues is when I'm brushing my teeth. Or when I'm sitting in the dentist's office. Right? But other than that, you can pray in tongues no matter where you are, in your car. Do you know what I do when I, when I used to, hopefully we're getting back to it, when I used to go into New York City, and we at the time had an apartment there, and, and I used to leave the apartment, and I would go walk the streets of New York, I was just, I just decided I'm going to pray in tongues because in New York City, it doesn't matter. Everybody's doing something crazy and nobody pays attention. And not only that, everybody's talking all these different languages. So by an act of my will, I just walked up and down the streets of New York and made a decision. I am going to pray in tongues. And I just walked the streets of New York. And nobody looked at me. Nobody thought I was nuts. So you can pray in tongues anytime, any place. Notice it's an act of your will. And you're communicating with God. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 in the Amplified said, If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me, prays and my mind is unfruitful. That's why when we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, people sometimes wait for the Holy Spirit to speak through them. But no, it's your spirit 
by the Holy Spirit within you that does the praying. He's not going to make you say or do something you don't want to say or do because the Holy Spirit is a perfect gentleman. You must yield over unto him. You form the words. You, in a sense, make up the language. And the more you release your language and practice it, the more fluent you will become. As a matter of fact, a lot of times, and this has happened to me, and I know it's happened to a lot of people that pray a lot in tongues, your dialect will change. Your dialect will change, meaning you may be praying one way for a season, and then uh, you find yourself after praying in the Spirit, then your dialect changes, meaning the expression changes. It's still tongues, but it's the expression of tongues changes. And it sounds, it's tongues, but it's a different way of speaking in tongues. It's very good teaching. Thank you very much. Glory be to God. <laughs> so when you're praying in the Holy Spirit, your spirit is praying or communing with God. It's your spirit by the Holy Spirit within you that is speaking to God. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. You are not praying from your mind. Are you listening? That's why when people get filled with the Holy Spirit and they're stuck and they haven't released their language, I, I tell them, you know, you're not praying from your mind. Shut off your mind, hook yourself up to the inside, and yield over more fully to the Holy Spirit. Or I'll tell them, you can't talk two languages at the same time. <laughs> Just release your prayer language. Just let it go. You know, it's like Nike, you know, the shoes, the commercial. Just do it. But see, so many times people are trying to reason. And they're trying to figure it out. You can't figure out a supernatural language that comes from your heart and goes up to the heart of God. He understands you. You may not understand it. The Bible says here, your mind is unproductive. But he understands you. You're not praying your own will. Like if you're using, if you're exercising your prayer language in intercession, you're not praying your own will on a person. Or even if you're praying for yourself, you're not praying your own will. You know, we're going to get into it. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're, you're speaking the will of God on the behalf of that person you are praying for. There is no witchcraft involved, no wanting them to be something you want them to be. There's no demonic activity involved. Even when you pray for yourself, you're not praying out of your own will. You're praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven in my life. You're praying a perfect prayer. Gee, people don't understand that. That's why, the, again, I keep hearing this. The Apostle Paul said, I thank my God. I speak in tongues more than you all. I think we need to exercise more, amen? Okay? So when you're praying in tongues, there's no pride involved. The only pride would be is if you, people, you know, would say, if you would say, well, you know, I prayed in tongues like 10 hours today. Well, don't be telling your secret. 
Let it be between you and God, and he'll reward you. But when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, there's no pride involved. It is a pure language. There's no reason involved. There's no selfish ambition involved. You know, we have a lot of stuff going on in our souls. We want attention. We want this. We want da, 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 I want this. I want that. You know, I want all you. You know, your soul. You know, your soul wants a lot of things that aren't good for you. Right? But when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, there's no selfish ambition and pride involved at all. You're praying a pure language. This pure language originates from the heart of God back to the heart of God, and he accomplishes his will in the earth on the behalf of another or in your life when you release it. (laughs) Bill Hammond once said, Those who have been born of the Spirit and baptized in the Spirit receive a spirit language. This gives the believer a private communication line direct to God's throne, which cannot be understood or hindered by the devil or natural man. The devil doesn't understand you. It messes with him. Listen, I forgot about this, but the Lord's bringing it up. I read a book called Seven Days with a Witch, and, and my friend got this woman born again, and she was high, high level into witchcraft. They got her born again. And in the book, um, he reveals, she revealed to the writer uh, several secrets of the kingdom of darkness. You know, the Bible says, expose them. And she revealed several secrets of the kingdom of darkness. And one thing she said, she said, when, when Christians, when Christians pray in the Holy Ghost, he, she said, it confuses us. And it, and it demolishes and hinders our activity in the earth and in the things that we want to do. We, they don't understand it. He said, that's the only thing we cannot figure out. So you think your prayer isn't effective when you pray in the Holy Ghost just because, you know, you don't understand what you're saying? Are you with me? So he said, the devil or natural man it does not understand it. It's like having one's own private cell phone to heaven. Okay? Number three. Praying in tongues is praying in line with the perfect will, purpose, and order. Now, I have to look this one up because I didn't feel like copying and pasting it and putting it in my notes. And I said, Lord, have mercy. I'm just going to do the old-fashioned way. I'm going to read it out of my Bible. (laughs) You are praying the perfect prayer. You're praying in line with God's perfect will and order. It says here in Romans 8, 26, likewise, the spirit also helps in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself, remember he's not in it, he is a him, a person. The spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts 
knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now, that will of was put in there by the translators, and that's why it's, 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 it's slanted, right? So we could read it like this. When you pray in the Spirit, you're praying according to God. And what are the results? And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. So you're praying the perfect prayer. You're praying according to the will of God. How many of you know what 1 John 5.14 says? And this is the confidence. What's the confidence? Everyone say confidence. If I ask anything according to his will, I know that I know that I know that he hears me. And if I know he hears me, then I know that I know that I know I have the petitions that I desire of him. So you can have confidence that when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you're praying according to the will of God. It goes beyond the language of the earth and goes into the language of heaven. And you don't accomplish just human-sized results. You're accomplishing God kind of results. And then what happens? Then all things work together for the good. Things start working together for the good. Here's an example. I remember when I, when I was at Rama in 1980, and about 1979 to 1980, um, I was single, and I made dates with God and spent my weekends with God. And I knew I was called to the ministry. I knew that there was something inside me. I didn't know the full plan, didn't know the whole story. As a matter of fact, back in the day, I don't know why I keep saying that here. Back in the day, I think it's revealing our age. Back in the day, you know, there were few women in ministry, few women in pulpits. They didn't even believe in women in ministry back in the day. You have no idea. And the East Coast was a very hard area. Okay, you know, now we're kind of like riding a little bit on the wave of all the groundbreaking and all the plowing and all the praying and the leaders that have remained faithful are, are, are you know, you know, we, we put a lot of work into here. So it's a, a little easier. So in 79 and 80, you know, I'd make my time and weekends with God. I knew something was was inside of me. You know, I always felt different as a child. That's what happens when you got the call of God in your life. You always feel like you don't fit in. But you fit in with God. He has a place for you and a plan for your life. And if you have that sense of not fitting in, just know that God has something in store for you. He will perfect everything that concerns you. Just trust in him with all of your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways. He will direct your path. He will lead you down the best path for your life. And so there I was, single, you know, nothing to do on a weekend. And I would just walk the floors, and I would pray in tongues. 
And the only thing I knew to pray in English was, Lord, go before me and prepare the way. Make the crooked ways straight, the rough places plain. Just go before me. And I'd prayed in tongues. Hour after hour after hour. And then when I got tired, I would stop and I'd eat and I'd pray in tongues some more. Did you know what you were praying about? I had no idea, but I knew, I now know that when I was praying in the Holy Ghost, I was praying out of purpose. Ecclesiastes 3.11. I was praying out of destiny. I was playing out of that place where God knows things that I don't know. And so I prayed like that for about a year, year and a half. And then when God sent me to the East Coast, because Marsha had Hedge of Love back in the day and invited me to speak, and, and I, I, I did a speaking engagement. And uh, remember those meetings? <laughs> we used to lay hands on one side, and then the other side, people would fall under the power. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. And so eventually I sensed or knew in my heart that I was to move to the East Coast, and this was the place he had for me to live. You know, he has ordained the places in which you are to live. How many of you want what God wants? You don't want your own will. You want what he wants, right? And so I came here to the East Coast, and it was the most amazing thing because one door opened and another door opened and another door opened. I had nails out to here, hair out to there. You can't even believe the way I looked. I can't even believe anybody would invite me. And I had four scriptures. I put them on a pulpit. Now I have 10 pages of notes. But back in the day, you know, these doors just kept opening and opening and all these conferences and favor and all this, this, this amazing thing. And, and one day somebody came to me, and I was never one to promote myself, not doing it. Not doing it. Not doing it. Promotion doesn't come from man. You know, it comes from God. And that's just selfish ambition and pride. And I don't want to be anywhere God's not in. <laughs> then I have to keep it up. I don't want to build anything God's not building. Then I have to keep it up. I'd rather just let the Lord build the house. Let him do his work. Right? And so one day somebody said to me, well, you know, where, how, did, how did all these doors open for you? Like, did you promote yourself? Did you pass out your cards? And I said, I really don't know. And then it occurred to me, a still small voice said to me, remember all that praying in tongues? Remember all those hours you spent praying in tongues? I went before you. I prepared the way. The crooked ways became straight. The mountains and the hills broke forth into singing. The trees of the field clapped their hands. Anything that was a hindrance was being removed. I caused all things to work together for my good. Didn't he say, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it? Okay, so he's, he's lining key people up and he's putting people in certain places. I happen to be one of the key p players back in the day. Now I know more than I know then, but you don't know. You know in part, you prophesy in part. You don't know the full plan, but God knows the full plan. And when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you're praying out of that place of knowing and intimacy and purpose and eternity. And so that's how it happened for me. I just did. It was easy. See, listen, for me, the easiest thing in the world is to pray in tongues. You don't have to think. And you're praying in line with the word of God. So you're praying his plans, his purposes, and his will. Next, I think this is number four. You are speaking or praying to God <laughs> rooted from your right standing with him in Christ. 
And in this place, in Christ, you know, there's a lot of scripture. We are in him complete, right? There's so many scriptures. In this place, we're, playing, we're praying from a place of faith, not unbelief. Did you get that? We're not praying in unbelief. We're praying from a place of faith. And there's no fear in Christ. You're not, pl- you're not praying in fear. You know how sometimes as parents we pray worry prayers? And by the way, be on the lookout for my book. We're just designing the cover. It's going to be out soon. You know, you know how we pray like worry prayers and you know, pray all kinds of fear prayers? Well, when you're praying in the Holy Ghost for your kids, you're not praying in fear. You're praying according to the will of God for your children. There is confidence in him, and there is no insecurity. Do you want me to read you a few scriptures? But in him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. You are praying with wisdom in your right standing and redemption. When you're praying in the Holy Ghost and in Christ, 2 Corinthians 2.14, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. You are praying from a place of triumph and victory. Okay? 2 Corinthians 5, 19, God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading with us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, for he made him to knew no, to, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. There's that in him again. You, when you pray in tongue, you are standing as an ambassador for God with his authority in the place of prayer. I'm going to read you one more. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. You are praying from a place of being blessed. There's so much more, but we're going to move on. Okay? Now, this is important. When you are praying in the Holy Ghost, you are praying the wisdom of God. James 1, 5 through 6 says, If you lack wisdom, let him ask of God and don't waver in faith. Right? You know that scripture. When you... That word wisdom means Sophia. If you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. When you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you are not wavering in faith. You are praying out the wisdom, Sophia, of God. Now, what is Sophia? Sophia, yeah, I know. 2 Corinthians 2, 7, you know that scripture, we're not going to read it for the sake of time. It says when you it says that you speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. How many of you know that when you pray in tongues, you're praying out mysteries? In this particular verse, you're praying out Sophia, but it is a mystery. So what does Sophia mean? It is defined as the ability to judge correctly 
and to follow the best course of action based on knowledge and understanding. So when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit. When you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you're praying from a place of wisdom, and you are praying out the wisdom of God. And what happens is a lot of times... You could be praying in the Holy Ghost, your mind is unfruitful, and then you just, if you get quiet, or maybe a couple of days later, you start getting the knowledge, you start getting the understanding, you start getting the answers to the things that you were praying for. It comes up out of your spirit and goes into your head. He causes your thoughts to become agreeable with his thoughts, and then the plans are successful. What is wisdom? Wisdom is God's clarity. Or God revealed clarity. conveys It conveys, I love this. I don't know where I got this. It conveys the Lord's solution for problem solving. You lack wisdom? You don't know how to solve this problem? Pray in the Holy Ghost. It conveys the Lord's solution for problem solving. In other words, Sophia manifests God's persuasion about solving problems or challenges by applying his solutions. Like faith, wisdom is always given by the Lord and reveals how to please him in a particular situation. In short, this is real clarity. Ultimately, all true spiritual wisdom resides in Christ, the personification of perfect wisdom. Wisdom and I know this because when we teach on the gifts of the Spirit, wisdom is the insight into the true nature of things. See, things are, that are hidden to us, the Holy Spirit knows everything. He knows exactly how to pray that thing out, how to get that job done. Wisdom is the insight into the true nature of things, knowledge, is the mental possession of powers of perceiving objects. Wisdom is the power of right reasoning concerning them and forming right decisions accordingly. Listen, I know we got to use our head. I get it. So if I'm investing in the stock market, you know, you got to use your head. You know, Home Depot is a good stock to get. Why? They'll never go out of business. And it's a very big company. And in the natural, all these little hardware stores are going out of business, right? So in the natural, my head says, yeah, that's a good, good one to invest in. In my head. you got to use your head. It's not just all woo. <laughs> you see what I mean? But I'll tell you what. I want to become efficient in investing. So I think what I'm going to start doing is I'm going to start praying in the Holy Ghost and asking God to give me wisdom in where to invest, following your heart, but also listening to your head. Amen? Amen. Wisdom is the ability to judge correctly and to follow the best course of action based on knowledge and understanding. We speak the wisdom of God. What? In a mystery. Wisdom is the art of being successful, of forming the correct plan to gain the desired results. It's the seat of the heart, the center of moral and intellectual decision. Sophia emphasizes understanding of ultimate things, 
such as life, death, God, man, righteousness, sin, heaven, hell, eternity, and time. Sophia is often used in the New Testament to describe the ability to discern and conform to the will of God. So in essence, this is my paragraph, I put this all together. When you pray in tongues, you are praying God's solution to problems (laughs) and God's answers to questions. Therefore, all things work together for the good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Praying in the Holy Ghost is the perfect way to pray for the unknown. Next, and we're going to close in about five or ten minutes. Are we good, Pastor? Speaking in tongues is for spiritual edification. Let's look at that scripture. 1 Corinthians 14.4 says, He who speaks in a, in a tongue edifies himself. What? Have you ever grown weary and tired? And you just were like, had a lot of warfare and a lot of stuff going on? Just lift up the hands that hang down. And just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. And when you do, you are charging yourself up. You are building up yourself on your most holy faith And you, when you pray in the Holy Ghost. It says here, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. That word edify is more like in the Greek, the, like the word charge as in connection with charging a battery. Therefore, we could paraphrase this verse, he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies, charges, builds himself up like a battery. Now this phone, you could see that it, I, I dropped it and it's broken, unfortunately. I've had a long time. I hate getting a new phone, don't you? You gotta download everything, upload everything, you gotta go into your passwords, it's just like so annoying. So here's my phone. Now, because this phone is so old, I can't, everywhere I go, I got to bring a charger. And if I'm, if, I don't, if, I'm not, if I'm not equipped with my charger and I don't charge it, the phone dies. It's very annoying, okay? So what do you do? Well, I get out my charger that I carry in my purse. I plug it into the power source, plug it into my phone, and it charge, charges up. It goes from one line to the second line to the third and the fourth line till it's like 100% charged, if I can get that much battery power, right? So that's how it is when you pray in the Holy Ghost. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. We get tired. We get weary. Even the youth, they faint, right? You know, we all have our, our times when we're, you know, we're just not having a good day or a good month or whatever, Right? Has it been difficult in the pandemic? Yes. But you have a secret weapon on the inside of you that will keep you strong and built up and encouraged. Okay? So when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you are building yourself up. You are charging yourself up. And you're plugged into what? The power source. Who is the power source? My heavenly Father who never grows weary my heavenly father who owns a cattle on a thousand hills. My heavenly father who is always strong and he neither slumbers nor sleeps. So when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you are charging yourself up. It's not mental edification. It's spiritual edification. 
And you know, those witches and those warlocks and these people that operate in the demonic realm, they can see your light. And when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're building yourself up. Amen. Lastly, tongues is a way to worship God in the spirit. And this is where we're going to close. In Acts chapter 2, verse 11, it says that they heard them speak with tongues the wonderful works of God. Acts 10, 47, they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Remember the scripture that we read in 1 Corinthians 14, 15? And I'd like to see this restored back to the church. It says, I will sing with the spirit. I will also sing with the understanding also. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we re- if if singing in tongues was restored back to the church? I think our young people need a burst of that kind of worship. Right? So when you when you when you release your prayer language, you could just release the song of the Lord. Why don't we stand? There's a scripture that's coming to my mind. It says, "Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess." but be filled with the Spirit, okay? Filled, that word filled means be being filled with the Spirit. So it's a continuous action. It denotes a continuous action. Well, how do you do that? By speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. It's singing in tongues. You can sing in tongues. I will sing with the Spirit. I will sing with my understanding also. You could sing the Word of God. I thank you, Lord, that you're my shepherd. I shall not want you. Make me lie down in green pastures. You eat me beside the still waters. You restore my soul. Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. Oh, and by the way, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup runs over, Lord. I'm so thankful. I worship you today. You could sing the word, but then you could sing in the spirit. Let's do it. I will sing with the spirit. I will sing with the understanding also. Okay, now let's stop. This is what we're going to do before I turn it over to Pastor. I'm going to lead everyone into a prayer right in your seat. And if you have never, ever accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, today is the day for you. Right now is the accepted time. Don't wait another day. He will give you life and life more abundantly. Your life, you can't even imagine how your life will turn around when you turn your heart over to him.